Thanks, so. Hey, um, we're starting a new series today, and so if you were here this morning, you would have heard um, Pastor Sheridan share a message on revival. And um, I'd encourage you, if you weren't here this morning, uh, that you jump on our YouTube channel and watch that, because when the boss starts something off, we all need to jump on it. And if you, if you miss that, you'll just miss part of it tonight. But we're going to continue on tonight and over the next couple of weeks talking about revival. And I was thinking about revival, and I was kind of thinking a little bit uh, around it that... Um, like, what does it mean? Like, if you've been in church for a little while, remember when I started in church, uh, I had black hair. Uh, that's how long I've been around for. And people talk about revival and they talk about this thing, revival. And, and if you're in the church, maybe you know what revival is, but maybe if you're new here, you don't know what revival is. And then I started thinking, do I know what revival is? Because I've read books about revivals of, of what happened in Wales and what happened in America and what happened in all of these different places, what's happened in our nation as well. And I was thinking, well, revival is not something that happens somewhere else. Well, it does, but not just. And sometimes we can think, well, if there was a revival, we'd go to that, and then all of a sudden we'd be in revival. But revival actually starts in you. And the word revive means to revive. (laughs) Uh, I don't know if you've ever, ever, ever been in a critical position when you've had to revive someone, but man, like... It's, it's night and day from someone who's struggling to someone who can breathe again. And, and God wants to do that in our lives. You know, I, I'm not sure about you, but I've been around long enough that, that I've had nights that I can't sleep. And I've had things in my head that haven't been healthy for me. And I need God to come and revive those negative thoughts or those, those stresses or just pain, grief. And I need him to come in and, and not get rid of those things because sometimes grief is just part of the absolute love that you had for a person or a situation. But he also wants to bring hope and life and joy into my life, into your life. So God can come in and revive you and God can come in and he can, uh, and he can renew you He can come in and like, you might just think, there's no way forward for me. Maybe you're here today and you say, well, I don't don't even know this God thing or this church thing. But God's so good that He can actually do something new in you. Not revive something that used to be there and get it up and running again, but actually give you something new. I think that's amazing. You say, Steve, you sound quite confident. Yeah, I am. Because in the beginning, there was nothing and God made something. I absolutely believe that he did that. He didn't need this and that and that to put it together. He just said, let there be light. And there was light. And, then, and if you follow those, those verses through, you can say that he can make something new. And he can make something new in you. There might be something that he's always planned for you, but you just don't know. Oh man, I love being in meetings like that where you're sitting there and God shows up and he just starts to bring new things into your world, new things into your mind, new things into your life in an incredible way. And I think he wants to do that over this series as well. Another word that we use for revival is awake, you know? Come on, mate, wake up. <laughs> you got teenagers. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, sorry, we're not allowed to, we don't slap. <laughs> Dear children, would you please get up? You know, uh, I don't know. Uh, but we can awake. Something comes awake in us. Oh man, have you ever seen someone that uh, something comes awake in them? Like they just, they've been 
doing stuff and then all of a sudden they start going to the gym and all of a sudden they're awake and they love it and they're fired up and they're talking about protein and they're talking about this and they're talking about all of these things. Something's come awake in them. Or they start to play an instrument and then all of a sudden they go from playing an instrument and then all of a sudden something comes awake inside of you and that's what revival is too. On a personal level, but also on a corporate level. We can see the church actually awake and actually believe that God could do something amazing. And the last part of uh, revival was reform. And any uh, any uh, revival that I've read about always has brought a reformation to a people group. If you look in Wales, there was a whole lot of stuff going on there. And, and through God awakening them and reviving them and renewing them, they decided they didn't want to live how they used to live. And we've got to be careful as a church we don't tell people how they should live without having an awakening in their heart. Because they don't know. It's like trying to tell someone off for doing something wrong that they didn't know that they weren't allowed to do. And so the Reformation is meant to come after the awakening and after the revival. We should never be a church that's going around saying, don't do that, do do that, don't do that, and do do that. Now, sometimes it's helpful and sometimes it's really not. (laughs) But after revival comes and during, as revival matures, reformation comes into people's lives. And I reckon that's amazing. Today, I want to take a couple of moments. As I said, I've got this great bunch up here with me today. I feel like a bit of overkill. I've got the whole, I've pretty much got everybody. Uh, uh, I'm gonna. I've got three parts that I want to share about today, and at the end of each one, we're gonna sing. I make room. The message today, if you're a note taker, is called "Make Room." And if you want revival, you've got to make room for God. It's not about going over there and getting it from here and catching it there and doing all of that. Yes, it can happen, but if you go to all those places and don't make room, you won't have revival. In fact. Revival starts like here, that, that you get revival and it doesn't stop. And then all of a sudden you get revival and then you get revival and then you get an awakening and then you get a renewing and we just get, and, and then, and, but you've still got it. And then by the time it gets over here, you're, you're still carrying on. You've got this awakening, you've got this renewing, you've got this something changing and we get enough people like that. That's what a revival is. The problem is we get those moments, but then by the time the next person gets it, we've kind of like started to chill out again. And then they get it for a while and they go like, come on, guys, we could, come on, we could just, I, was, I, I love being in the 6 p.m. and we say, come on, give God a great big uh, clap. And, and everyone's like, we start clapping and then it's like, it keeps going up and it keeps going up. And rather than it was like the, you know, oh yes, give the Lord like a golf clap. Oh, nice, yay because someone's just clapping and they just keep clapping. We've got this thing in our staff here. When we welcome a new person and they say, hey, it's great to have Monique on the team and everyone starts cheering, yay, yay. And it goes on for about a minute or so. And just as it's dying down, then they all start clapping again. It's yay. And just as it starts dying down, Luke goes, yay. And and when you're the new person, it's embarrassing. So stop it. No, don't stop it. No, no. Just... But what's happening is that the revival, it's like a picture of a revival. 
And, you, and, and, and so we're praying for a revival, but the problem, what, what we've got to do is just keep revival happening here long enough that it happens here and here and here and here and here, and then we can see a revival. When we were just first married, uh, uh, we'd, we'd bought a little house, and, and I think my son had just been born, and uh, we had this cat. Our cat's name was Tar because he was black, like Tar. Great, like very creative name, Steve. And so we had this little cat, and you know, before we had my son, your cat's kind of like your kid, or your dog's kind of like your kid, you know, and and then you get real kids. And uh, and but 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 you know, Tar was like he was he was a cool kid. He liked hanging out with us, and we liked hanging out with him. Now the only problem with Tar is that Tar could not catch birds. Right? He, he just was he was just hopeless. It, like he he just he just didn't have it. And I was like, really? Now, don't go to SPCA about any of this message here today, but I was like, surely if a cat can't catch a bird, like, come on, mate. So as a proud dad, like I was with my kids cheering on the sideline, I decided I was going to help my my cat out. (laughs) And so one day, now, I I don't know why, and I was talking to Martimer about it today, I was like, how much time did I have on my hands? I decided that I was going to help my cat. And so I got bread and I put it out on the back lawn. And then I put obstacles on my back lawn so it could sneak up, you know, like it could be like. And then like run to the next one and, and, and the birds would be like. And then they'd, they'd start eating again and he'd run up to the next one. And I was like, and I'm standing inside the house trying to be really still, and, but I'm cheering inside. I'm like, come on, buddy, you can do this. And uh, what was I doing, Liam? Like, seriously, how much time did I have on my hand? And, I'm cheering, and my wife's probably like thinking, what the heck? And, and so he's, he, he's creeping up, he's creeping up, and he, he finally gets like from, from like me to Sheridan away from the cat. He's behind this, this bucket, and, and he's, and he's kind of like down there, and the birds are like, you know. And then they, they start eating again. There's like about four or five of them there. And I'm thinking, he's got a shot. I'm like, he's, proud. he's just about to score a goal, and I'm just about to cheer, right? And he does this thing, and if you've ever watched a cat long enough, probably haven't, because you're quite busy people. He does this thing where they get really, really low. Yeah? Dog people, just stick with me. It's all fine. And he gets real low. He's like, gets right down. And I'm, in, I'm inside, and I'm like, come on, buddy, you got this. We're a great team. No, I'm, a, I'm good at helping people, right? He gets right down. And then he does this thing where he, he just shakes his butt. Cat people, you know what I'm talking about, right? They just get, yeah, thank you. And and he's like, and he's just like, stop looking at my butt, Jay. And uh, and he's like, and I'm like, oh man, I I'm trying so hard not to move because I don't want to be the guy that mucks us up. And he's got down there, and he and then he's just about to go, and he just goes. So disappointed. That was the last day that cat got fed. No, just kidding. <laughs> and we're talking about making room for God. And sometimes I'm like my cat. I want God's presence in my life. I know there's something missing. I can even come into a gathering like this and we're worshipping. Oh man, the team was great. Seriously, baselines tonight. Oh, on point 
It's just there. Oh, hey, did we say piano solo next time you're on? Okay, one more week, one more week. Just put it on there. Remember the old Casio? You could just put the like the demo on. Just maybe do that. No, we don't have. Oh, sorry. All the keyboard players are like cringing. We have this amazing worship, but but it's hard to keep our attention. We sing. I make room. Meet me here. You have all my attention while I'm thinking about what I'm going to have for dinner. <laughs> I'm thinking about this, I'm thinking about that, thinking about what's this random person doing next to me? You shouldn't do that because it's your dad and your wife, so be careful. (laughs) And sometimes of this picture of knowing like we need God. We need something and maybe it's God. And we get so close. You're like, ah. It doesn't matter how long you've been a Christian. You can say, back in when I was in the, you know, 1990s and this happened. And yeah, great. When was the last time you made God room? Because when you give God room, I'm going to read a couple of stories tonight of people who made room. Come on, can we sing, guys? verse in the Bible about this lady and, and she's not having a good time she, they've been in the ministry, they've been pastors in the church so to speak in our context and her husband dies so she's a widow and she's got two sons but she's got so much debt that she uh, gets to a point where she's, I mean she's going to lose her son, she's going to have to sell her sons to pay off her debt I don't know what that would feel like but that's worse than the cat that can't catch a bird, you know like that's pretty hard out and so a man of God comes along and uh, we pick it up in Second Kings in verse 2 where it says, uh, what is it the, the man of God says? What are you, is it that you uh, want me to do? Do you have anything of worth in your house? And the woman says, I don't really have uh, anything. The only thing that I have in my house is uh, there might be of worth is a jar of oil. And then uh, 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 the, the prophet, Elisha, the man of God says, borrow as many large containers as you can. Ask neighbours for anything that they can give you and be sure to collect them, uh, collect them all and enclose yourself in a room, say room, with only you and your sons. Pour oil into as many of the containers as you can and set aside the full ones. And so the widow went, into, went away from Elisha and enclosed herself in a room, say room, that was average, say room, with her sons. And one at a time, her sons held the containers before her and she poured. And soon all of the containers were filled. And the woman said, bring me another container. And the son said, there aren't any left. And at that point, the oil ran out and the widow, uh, the widow then went back to Elisha, the man of God, and told him what had happened. This lady is in such a place where she's in despair. She is in a, this would be a dark place to be in where it's got so bad 
they, they feel like she feels like she served God and it has not working out. And she's about to lose her boys. And the presence of God comes through. And in this time, a prophet would have been like the presence of God coming past. And so she says, I need help. And he says, what do you want from me? And he says, okay, what you can do is what do you have? Now, when you're really struggling, it feels like you have nothing, but she did have something. And she went and got this little bit of oil that would have had worth in the time. And then she has to go and collect containers, like as many containers. I don't know if she had any Tupperware in her house. But the next door neighbour might have had some she could borrow. And the person across the street might have had. And so they go out and they're getting like a Tupperware here and they're getting a flask here and they've got a bucket here. Someone's bringing a barrel along and they're rolling that in. They, they go and they make room for God to do a miracle. I'm not even sure if they knew what the miracle was yet. They were just like, I need something to change. And so they take it in there and then they start pouring the oil. And so, I don't know, maybe the jar's about this big of oil. She, she didn't have much. And so she pours it into like a little flask and, oh, there's more than enough. And then she pours it into the Tupperware container and, oh, that was enough. And now she's got like a jar that's the same size as her jar. And so she pours it and that fills. And then she pours again, and that falls. And now she's kind of getting into the mama jam, you know? She's like, pour it. You know, like, and they're bringing the next one in, pour it. And she's just kind of like getting into that. You watch your mum in the kitchen sometimes. I love watching my mum in the kitchen, as long as I'm not in the kitchen. And, uh, and pour it, and then pour it, and then, oh, we're out. Oh, we're out. What an amazing miracle. What an amazing picture of the Spirit of God. If you're new here, when it talks about oil in the Bible, it's talking about the presence of God. It's talking about the Holy Spirit. It's, it's a picture of the very same thing that we, we will see a thread going right throughout the Bible. And there is enough Holy Spirit. There is enough anointing. There is enough oil while there is a vessel that has got room for it. And as soon as there was no more, there was no more. Challenge. And so she gets to this place where, where she pours out, she pours out, she pours out. She goes back to the man of God. And he goes, go and sell what you need to sell so you don't need to lose your sons. Imagine her relief. She hasn't slept for days. She's just been weeping. She's like, oh, my boys, my boys. And now she's got her boys back. But not only that, there was enough for her to keep her through the whole next season. Because she made room. Going to get the band to sing again. You can sing along as well. I just want to sing into the mic for your benefit. Jesus, I me All I want is your presence. I me here, have all my attention, Jesus, I make you, meet me here, all I want is your presence. God was asking her to make room and she did, in her little, in her lack, in her disappointment, in her last, she makes room for God and God shows up. 
And maybe you feel like this lady today. Well, you're right at the end. You've got nothing. And God says, would you just give me, make room for me? And I believe that if you would do that, a renewal will start in your heart. A revival will start in you. God will pour in in a way that will change things. You say, Steve, you're quite certain of that. Yeah, I am because I've been there and I've done it. And did I deserve it? Probably not. Did he come and do something great? Absolutely. And I'm so grateful for it. There's another story about another lady and she's not poor and she's not in the place of trouble. In fact, it says that she is a place, uh, the lady from Schumann is a wealthy woman and, she, uh, and a notable woman, some scriptures say. And she urged the prophet, Elisha, the same man, to come into her home. She noticed he was walking past and she said, come in for a meal. This is in 2 Corinthians 4 and verse 8. And it says, after that, whenever he passed by, he would stop there for something to eat. And she said to her husband, hey, I'm not sure that, uh, uh, I am sure this, is, this man who stops in from time to time is a holy man of God. Let's build a small room, say room, for him on the roof and furnish it with a bed and a table and a chair and a lamp. And then he will have, uh, and then he will have a place to stay whenever he comes by. Now this guy comes and stays there and he prays there and he's not just passing by. The presence of God's not just just passing by every random every now and again. She realized if she made a room in her house that God could come and stay. The presence could come and rest and create and be in her world. Smart lady. And so he comes along and then he goes, hey, I know you've never said this to anybody, but they had no kids. They couldn't have kids. In fact, they never, that she'd stop praying for kids because it hurt too much, because she'd prayed too many times and it'd never be answered. And he said, by the end of this year, uh, within 12 months, you will have a child. She made room. Now, she wasn't like the other lady who was at the end of herself. She was doing well. But she realised that if she made room for God, that something could happen. In fact, it surprised her because she wasn't even asking for it. I like that about God, that God will surprise you with what you don't want. You're too scared to even ask for. And she made room for Him. He comes and stays and He declares a miracle over her life because they made room. We're going to sing. We don't do this every week, so don't worry. But I really feel like I don't want to rush tonight. We can do a great message. We can have great songs. Or we can actually ask God to come and do something. And so every time these guys play, would you just say, God, just a little bit of room? Did you notice with the first lady? She had to borrow something for God to bless. <laughs> like sometimes you say, oh, well, I don't have anything to give God. 
Well, she just borrowed stuff from the next door neighbour. When Jesus did the miracle of feeding the 5,000 fish and loaves, they had nothing, so they borrowed off a little kid. You say, I don't have enough? Great. Borrow the faith from the person beside you, the person behind you. I get around Jan and Sharon, and I get around some of the team here, and I just borrow their faith. Hey, can I have your lunch? Oh, I, I, sometimes I want that too. There's another verse here that says, Second Kings, in Second Kings 13 and 14. And it's Elisha again. But now he's at the end of his days and he's unwell. And he goes to the king, king uh, called Joash. And he comes to Joash at a time where Joash is uh, about to be attacked and they are about to be destroyed. He's not sleeping. He's not in a good space. They, they've been attacked by the enemy and it's not going well. And so the man of God is, is unwell. He's at the end of his days and and Joash comes to him and he's like, cries and he says, oh, I don't want to lose, you know, like there's this, there's this thing happening. In fact, he starts quoting some of the things that Elisha has said himself back to Elisha. And then Elisha says this in 2 Kings, uh, Elisha all of a sudden comes and like, wakes up and he goes, quickly, find a bow and some arrows. And Joash, the king, did as Elisha instructed him and brought the bow and some arrows back to Elisha's bedside. And Elisha now gripped the bow tightly. Uh, 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 now gripped the bow tightly, he said to Joash. And so he gripped the bow and Elisha placed his hand on top of his hand. And, and then he said, open the window facing east. And so Joash opened the window and now he launched the arrow. He said, now launch the arrow as far as you can. So like, I don't know, they're sitting on the bed maybe? Because he was in bed? Yeah. And he says, hold the bow. So he holds the bow. Maybe he's down like this. And then he says, uh, and then he puts his hand on top of it. So it's like a picture of, let's do this together. You know, like me and my cat. Let's do this together. We're going to help you. And so he's down there and he's like, okay. And he's like, okay, now pull back. And he goes, now let it go. And it flies out. And I reckon the prophet, I reckon the presence of God is like, woo-hoo-hoo. Way better than that cat that didn't catch the bird. And it goes flying and it goes flying and it goes flying and it hits the ground. And then the prophet says, you're going to win the victory. When the army comes against you, because you made room, because you made room and you did what God told you to do, you are going to have a great victory. I reckon he would have been partying, hey? I reckon he would have been like, yeah, this is my boy. You know, like I reckon it would have been like awesome. It would have been, oh, oh man, I'm celebrating. I'll be celebrating. I'll just be right there. And he goes, hey, hey, hey. I'll just make, I'll just, I'll just do this, Steve's version, yeah? He says, hey, okay, what, what I want you to do now? And he gives him a, a, a quiver of arrows. And he says, what I want you to do now is I want you to shoot these arrows. It says that he wanted, needed to hit the ground with them. And I always thought that he had to get down and whack them on the ground. But commentators say, no, when he, he shot them out and when they hit the ground, that was them hitting the ground. And so he's, he's just been, he's just done something good, you know, like he's, he's just done what he's meant to do and they're going to get a victory. The victory that's been keeping him up at night. The victory that's been, he's going to lose his family. He's going to lose his kingdom. And, and he's, now he's, God's saying that you're going you're gonna to win this victory. And so, oh, I don't know about you, but I'd be pretty excited. I'd be like, come on, we're going to be doing this. And so he gets down and he goes, one, two, three. And then the Bible says he pauses. 
And then the prophet says, hey, well, he actually says the prophet was angry with him. Sometimes I read the Bible and I'm like, what? Just did what he said. And he goes, you, th- you shot three more arrows. So you'll have three more victories. But if you'd shot four or you'd shot five, if you give him more room for God to move in your life, seven, you would have got victory after victory after victory after victory. The first point, if you want to make room for God, you can't get distracted. Yeah, if you're taking notes, number one, don't get distracted. Don't be like my cat. But the truth is we're way more like that. Just, just hear me out for a second. Naturally and supernaturally, we get distracted. If you said to someone, hey, do you want to have abs? Or some, I know some of you do, stop it. And uh, look at you, Josiah. And uh, we know what we should eat and we know what we should do, but we get distracted by nice food. You know, like we get, we get distracted. You want, you want to save for a house, but everyone else is going on a trip overseas? We've just been, we're trying to build a batch at the moment and, and um, for the last couple of years, all we've been doing is going, do we want this or do we want the batch? And honestly, every week I have that conversation, oh, that's a, oh, I like those shoes. But do I want those or do I want, like I can get distracted from the very thing that I want. And the same like practical is the same like supernatural. We know what we want. We know that something's missing. We know we need God to come into our lives. And we get distracted. Number two, the second thing is that we, we, we pause at the wrong time. Like he's, he's got this victory. He's got this place where, where he can pull back and he can just keep shooting and shooting and shooting and shooting and he would have got victory after victory after the victory. Now, I don't know how this works. Like, how does that work? I mean, give me a lot of arrows. If I can get victories like that, I'm going to be doing that. I don't think it quite works like that, but in this situation, it did. But we pause. Why? Because when we, when we use God, when we use God for nothing more than a problem, we will keep stopping revival coming in our lives. Because what, what was his biggest fear? That the Arameans were going to come and attack him. And then God moved and said, you're going to win that victory. And so then he wasn't interested anymore. Hey, we can pick on this guy, but man, I've done it too. God, if you would just do this, if you would just do that, oh, brilliant. Because <laughs> I'm selfish. Yeah, I know you're not. The North crew aren't got to be careful because I told them you were this morning and they weren't so so I'm taking that back today it was a cheap joke and I needed it this morning a bit tougher crowd than you guys and uh, (laughs) hey but you know what because I got what I wanted but what I've learned as being a Christian it's actually got nothing to do with what I want I need to make room I think about this king and I wonder if he'd gone in like this, if this had been his prayer. God, I pray that you would defeat the Arameans, that you would give us a victory over them. He shot an arrow for that. In the battle, uh, uh, that our borders will never be darkened by them. In fact, you will give them to us 
for all generations to come. He's not just thinking about one thing. He's giving God more room. He's shooting another arrow. He says, uh, uh, um, I believe that our nation is in a total, uh, will live in total peace with them. The communities will be healthy. Poverty will go away. I'm praying for a victory over nations we haven't even met before. He's shooting for that. He goes on to pray on this land and across the waters. I'm believing for our nation will not only be will never be conquered, but and it will also turn to you as we conquer other nations. They will build churches and places of worship, and they will worship you also. He's shooting. He's making more room for God to move. He goes. I pray for my sons that when it comes time for them to take the throne, that they would know you, that they would marry woman that would want to know you and they would make room for you too and he shoots another arrow that he would say I'm praying that this would be a nation that other nations would look to and goes what's different about them and they would realise that they made room for God that he would pray for his government and that he would shoot an arrow for them and he would pray for his friends and he would shoot an arrow for them he would be shooting arrows for generations and for his grandkids to come he would be shooting for expanse he would be shooting for and again and again and I've got to tell you it would have looked different if that's the mindset that he had but at the same time when you're in despair (laughs) you just need the very pain that you're carrying right now to go away you know God works on both of those but if I can encourage you tonight maybe you've got to say God I'm going to make room I'm going to make room one of the things I love about the vision of Activate Church and this campus and as we're moving in and getting ready to this, they're not actually building church for right now, they're building church for the future. To say, how can this affect the community? How can this have a medical centre and have, have a community place for people to come and have education and have, how, how, can we, how can we do this and how can we make this a place where people can come? We're making room for a city to come and find hope. I would like to think if it was me, I'd be like, arrow. What's that, what's that movie? Uh, no, 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 with the girl that shoots the arrows. Huh? Brave? That's not the way. It's a cartoon, but I respect you for that. Hunger Games. Or maybe not, not a good reference. Uh, <laughs> Let's go with brave, and um, and uh, and I was to be thinking I'll be shooting those arrows, and I'll be shooting the arrows, and then I'd run out of arrows, and I'll be taking like the leg off this chair, because man, you know, I'm praying for my great grandkids, and I'm praying for the community, and I'm praying for schools, and I'm praying for university, and I'm praying for what God could do in here, because you know what, my prayer is not just about the little thing that I need, the prayer, and when revival, when revival starts, it's not just about what's happening to me anymore. We're praying for how this could impact people because there's lonely people everywhere. We live in a generation that is the most lonely now. They, this is what happens. People are in public, but they want to be in private on their phone. And then people who are in private are trying to be create a family on their phone and wake up and feel like, why am I so lonely? We need to be praying and believing that God could come into that space. Again and again, we need to be a people that could believe for more. What are the things that you would shoot for? What are the things that you are believing for? What are the things that you need to step out on? What are the things that you 
don't, you shouldn't be holding back on, not being shy on. God is with us and He wants to see, uh, and He wants to see what He has in, pl- in store for us. And the question is, will we make room?